Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 139, episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck Buck Sexton, fuck Fuck Sean Hannity, Carlson, fuck, fuck J.K. Rowling, fuck off. Oh, Oof, yeah, fuck uh, J.K. It's Thursday, June twenty fifth, twenty twenty. My name is Jack O'Brien, aka. No matter how hard I try, these jorts keep riding up my thighs, and I can't break through. My mask protects me from you. Police said we don't like them. It takes time to defund them. But after all is said and done, would you like to see my thighs in the sun? Whoa, do you wanna see my thighs in the sun? Wear some jorts, don't skip leg day. Cause as of now they're not strong enough, no Do you wanna see my thighs in the sun? Umbro shorts from the seven days I really don't think they show enough, oh Ah, uh, good luck, Dan <laughs> Good luck, Dan oh, uh, Love it, love it that is uh, courtesy of Literate Platypus and Christy Yamaguchi main tag team. Thank y'all. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Let's just keep this Jack's thigh exposure theme going with pale white. My jeans are so tight Against my thighs lay my pockets Exposed Once more From my hips to the floor My white legs are blinding And my jean shorts will go on and Okay, thank you so much. Casey Snyder at Tree Climb Casey. I know you wrote that for Jack, but you said, I have the vocals. I have the meats. I have the vocals. We do it all here. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody. Quick turnaround. And they were like, wait, I think Miles better sing this. Uh, And that that was a wise decision. Uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented, the brilliant Danielle Radford. Hi, good to be back. Hello, hello, hello. It's great it's to been have too you long, back. Danielle. I know. How you been? Uh, it, it's good. It turns out uh, uh, we're in quarantine. I don't know if you guys knew that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're in yeah. quark quark, uh, yeah. and I had to build a home office finally and act like an adult. Um mm. Because you're a like digital media maven, you know. I don't know yes. what you don't have your hands on. So, did you pr- prior to this were you always going to an office, or did you work like at another space that didn't require a home office prior to this? Um, I for some jobs I would go to an office. For a lot of them, I would work from my bed, like a weird person. And then <laughs> like now, a college student. Yeah, and then now I was like, 
Tax man can't get mad at me for buying a desk, so I bought a desk. Uh, uh, wow. Some people buy a zoo. I bought a desk. Um, I took <laughs> a. Some uh, people uh, do buy a zoo. Some people buy a zoo. I bought a desk. <laughs> uh, I have uh, 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 some things from uh, one of my jobs that I do uh, because I'm there so often. I was able to like I uh, like I have a stand, so I look like not super dead when I do these things. I bought like a cheap light for when i stream i have a mirror somewhere that i clearly didn't use today um i have a tv that's probably 10 years old that i'm using as a second monitor um living it up you can see in the background that's my recumbent bike that's what i use to keep the sads away you've got it all (laughs) Uh, i just heard you shout it out uh on a film podcast as like one of one of our great film critics uh so shout out to you who I just said heard that? you. I think it was on like, uh, I think it was either on the Blank Check podcast or uh, Bechdel cast. It might be Bechdel because um, Bechdel, I feel like their sliding scale for great is do they make <laughs> me laugh? And I'm not saying okay. that. I'm saying I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like I actually think that they, they are uh, they themselves have great opinions that are very nuanced. Um, I I guess technically have critic stuff. Uh, but I would, n- I, I don't, I guess I'm a film critic. I think it's weird. Don't be it? so modest. It's you not modesty. Miss. It's not modesty. You never miss, it's, Radford. It's you never weird, miss. Man. It's weird. Ah, shut up, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you. Miss. All right, Danielle, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're going to talk about Bill Barr. Maybe he should be inducted up top to our uh, fuck list. but The list would be he, too long at that point, but yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. But anyways, he's he's just fucking up the country. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about the kind of recent uh, pattern of you know people just issuing apologies and deleting proof of their ignorance. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Tina Fey. We'll talk about why that might not be the solution. Talk about something called third degree racism. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the massive dust cloud that is floating across the Atlantic to swallow the southeastern United States. Uh, and uh, what's what people are watching right now? What topped the box office last weekend? Uh, there's a box office. That- yeah, I was just about to ask. Yeah. I don't know that there's a box office. Wow. Aside from Trolls Two. I think I'm excited for that just because of the idea that there is a like that there are box office receipts that need analysis. But I love. Oh, yeah, I think it's all drive through. Like this isn't oh, like streaming right, video. All the this is yeah. like what people are watching at drive-in movies. Oh, because like it's not always just things that are coming out now. Like some people are just right. bringing back the old classics. Is it buy. okay if I shout out streaming shows? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Okay, we'll tight. do that when we get there. Yeah, for sure. When we get there. Of course, your opinion as a critic is valued here. You never miss, yes. Daniel. God damn it! Never. I, it's too uh, much. It's too much responsibility. I am. It isn't. I am too shitty to have this much responsibility. Oh, uh, you're such a cursed god. You don't realize the power you have. <laughs> it's really something else. It's really hard for me to see as a mortal. Oh, trash ass! I'm so trash. <laughs> have you guys? Have worst. you guys looked don't ahead on the doc anything. at that story about the? Uh, about the drive-in movies box office, did you see what the number? No, one no, movie not is? at all. Okay, so no. it, uh, what, maybe we can we'll play a guessing it. game when we get down there. But uh, right. it, it's actually very appropriate. The number one movie, it's a classic. 
But first, Danielle, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Oh, you know what? Uh, now that we're in a place where we can just look at computers and my phone, fuck it, man. I'm just going to literally look at my search history. I haven't looked at anything. There you go. I'm literally, Danielle Radford is checking her search history. What is the last thing I looked at? Oh, it's a BuzzFeed article. But, but, but. 25 LGBTQ couples that are amazing, but not a lot of people talk about them. Um, and they're all couples that gay ass people talk about. So I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But uh, <laughs> that was my last search thing. Uh, it was just me being gay as shit. You, you searched for it? You heard about the article and you said, let me find the article? Yeah, because like, I didn't know who it was. Because someone oh, was right, like... Right, right. So I have uh, several accounts, some of which are secret stan accounts because I, okay. I, I want to stand secretly. And for one of my secret stan accounts, they were like, oh, well, they mentioned uh, uh, one of the ships that we all ship. And I was like, oh, I'll check that out. And but no one linked it. So I looked it up and I was like, they're also they mentioned, they mentioned like Willow and Buffy. Well, that's not the ship. If I give away the ship, then I give away my my secrets. But they mentioned uh. Willow and Buffy. And I was like literally everyone mentions what are you even fucking talking yeah. about everyone right. mentions willow and buffy if you're talking about gay shit man i'm but. just getting into the maybe season four where willow's finally starting to fuck with magic you know what i mean i like to see her come into her Ooh. own uh with the our dark arts you know okay what I mean? uh, uh, uh let's talk because a lot of people have a lot of feelings about season literally everything after season three i think oh wait no i great. think i think i'm in season three actually Yes, oh, season three, season three is, mwah, I, I will yeah. say season three is probably the best season, but a lot of people think everything went like super downhill. Maybe it's not the same, but I think that there's a lot of really good stuff. And I think a lot of them are angel stands. Um, and then if you like problematic ships, uh, uh -huh. uh, get ready because those are coming. Oh, and, and, I and I love a, <laughs> I love a problematic ship. I hate myself for it. <laughs> Ah, oh, but I love it. That's What's your coming. favorite problematic ship of all ooh, time? Ooh, ooh. My favorite problematic ship right now is Shameless, Ian, and Mickey. Wow, I don't watch enough Shameless to know who those people are, but I'm assuming uh, it's not uh, the father and the daughter. Oh, God, no, not that problematic. <laughs> okay, I, look, I'm just saying no, I don't know just, anything. So no, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, no. <laughs> that, no, that's some fan fiction weird shit. Uh, oh, man. Uh, these are just two uh, 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 gay boys who are, were not able to be super gay oh, because of their it. neighborhood uh, and sometimes uh, uh, punch each other only because, like, punching is the language that they know. They punch everyone. Uh, they punch their brothers. They punch everyone. Uh, so that's currently. I also love Logan and Veronica from Veronica Mars. That was a problematic ship. Um, I won't spoil it because uh, uh, Miles, you're still doing through some Buffy. But there's a problematic ship coming. Yeah. <laughs> no. But no. No. Uh, no incest. No yeah, incest. Yeah, that's good. I, I'm just I'm just showing my own ignorance because I don't. The only thing I know about this show is William H Macy and then uh, Emmy Rossum. I right are the people right. on the show. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's, and well, I'm saying. That's the only thing I know. So, of course, you know, I'm, well, I, I'm, and, and that's honestly no like idea. if you were to go onto any of the fan fiction sites, like it's like if you look up right. Supernatural on a fan fiction site, it's incest ahoy. And it's weird because I've never <laughs> watched that? the show, which seems like it would be a show for me. But it's also kind of very uh, bro-y. I, mm. uh, 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 I like uh, I like my Supernatural, super gay stuff. Like that's how I prefer my witty stuff. And theirs is very bro-y. 
but all of it, it's like it gets really gay on the fan sites and i'm like that's fine but why is it so incesty anyway sorry i'm diverging well, you know we're all i think things are revealed by the thing by the people we ship you know Something. Things are revealed I just by the Googled people we should. Supernatural and then space, and it said Supernatural season fifteen. Oh yeah, they're also still seasons. Yeah, uh, uh, they they had a crossover with Scooby Doo. Like they've been in a bunch of stuff, and also a lot of people <laughs> want those brothers to fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's right. so weird. It's uh, are the writers just in the room like, all right, what are we gonna do this season? And don't say the brothers are gonna fuck because they're <laughs> not gonna do that. It's 15 years. At some point, someone has to be like, okay, but people keep saying the brothers need to, oh, I should just go get coffee. I'll just go get coffee. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Danielle, what is something you think is underrated? I'm going to be real cliche. Wearing your fucking mask is underrated. Mm. Uh, 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 mm. Just please keep wearing. I mean, I, I know I'm sure people have said it. Uh, uh, please keep wearing your masks. I'm tired of people uh, that I love tweeting about uh, uh, their family and friends dying. So uh, could yeah. you please? And also, and I mean, just selfishly, due to things that uh, we were hearing from nurses when the first wave was really bad, look, man, I'm a chubby fucking black chick and I am a woman of a certain age. Look, man, if I, I don't leave my apartment because if I get, I and I'm healthy as a horse and I know this because I recently was having a spat of panic attacks like back last year. Um, which means that they give you a whole battery of tests to make sure it is a panic attack and not that all of your insides are bad. Um, right. So heart, good. <laughs> blood pressure, good. The thing that everyone will say because I'm fat and black. Diabetes, good, you fucking pieces of shit. Um, everything is good. I'm I'm like literally, like I had twice like a, a battery of tests that were like, nah, you're good. You just, your brain's bad. And I was like, well, I already fucking knew that. Um but Spending if I, a lot of money to figure that piece out already. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, it was, it, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. I literally, uh, uh, for people who, no one here watches anything I do, but I had my first panic attack on air. Um, luckily, I was, and I was hosting at Screen Junkies uh, slash Fandom, and luckily, uh, it was right at the end, and I, uh, uh, as gracefully as I could, I went, oh, and then everyone started talking around me, and I went, oh, I have to go, because if I was going to die, I was not going to die on air, you motherfuckers. But so, my thing is, is that like if I go in and I have uh, COVID symptoms, I don't know that they're not going to say she's a lost cause and don't put her on a goddamn respirator. Oof. I don't know yeah. that, man. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I'm fucking, well, not as, well, no, a horse. I'm smaller than one. But like, I, I don't know that. And um, there have been too many reports of, Otherwise, super healthy, like 25, 30 year olds who yeah. I'm End not fucking really doing it. And then again, yeah. I've had friends who have uh, uh, had a lot, had family members pass away. Um, I've known people who've passed away. Um, Lori Kilmartin recently had she the heartbreaking yeah. run on Twitter that I think everybody, if you followed her, everyone was glued to. But yeah. at the same time, so heartbreaking. Yeah, like uh, uh, it's. She is, she processes humor the way that I do, where it's like, man, I'm just going to joke through it. And she did. Right. And it's so um, open and harsh and uh, heartbreaking and vulnerable. Um, and if you can read that Twitter thread and not wear a mask after that, 
fuck you. You're the yeah. worst person yeah. I've ever met. You're like, not met. You're the worst person in the world. Yeah. I think it's, 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 it's things like that too, where, you know, as people get cocky and because their city leaders have been lobbied furiously by business interests to reopen are taking that as a sign that things are safe. Uh, no, they, we, we don't, we're not, we're not any close to having the kinds of treatments, uh, we need to, to feel good about taking any kind of risk like that. We're still trusting businesses to know what the fuck about health guys. Like that's not their job. Uh, and a lot of times businesses at their job, they have other people behind them who are like, hey, this is a bad business thing. And they're like, yeah, but I'm going to do it. And then all nah. the people they pay are like, OK, but this is really shitty. And then it gets up to the people who are like, yeah, but we already told him that. And then he was like, I'm not going to do it. So yeah, like, say right. so say it again a- and you're going to get real fired. And so. like my performance bonus is tied to how he fills out a survey at the end of the year. Exactly. So like exactly. And when you hear about um, people making those big bucks, those big bucks happen in bonuses because a lot of time bonuses are not super taxable. Yeah, and especially, exactly. and if you have to pay uh, uh, alimony or uh, child support, sometimes in some states, those bonuses can't be used because they are not quote unquote consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, I'm real cranky today. Hey. No, this, mm-hmm. this is. I no, think we, there's a lot of ills in the world. I think we're we just need to talk about consistently <laughs> because I think prior to this, there are a lot of times it's been very easy to just sort of be like accept that the world is a cruel, fucked up place. And I think there's definitely a certain there's a certain movement of people depending on where how they're motivated to address that we have just been ignoring that everything is fucked up. And mm-hmm. now we're like, oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold the fuck up, <laughs> hold the fuck up. This everybody's seeing this cruel ass shit, right? Everybody is seeing that. It doesn't it actually doesn't seem to matter where you live or anything? Like everyone is operating under the same cruel system, but you know, I think it takes people are moving at different speeds to get to that place to want to yeah. feel like you know motivated enough to take it into their own hands and you know want to change for the better. It helps if you know. Black Danielle, what is something you think is overrated? Um, people telling me that I would hate cops less if I was related to one. My dad's a cop. <laughs> Fuck your face. I hate cops. All, <laughs> all cops suck. Mostly my dad. Is there a is there an acronym for all cops are bastards, but especially my dad? My dad. Is there a all cops are my dad? I don't know because I can like it's and for people who might know who I like, obvious. I'm my stepdad's fucking the, the dopest. He's my pops, whatever. Uh, uh, his profession also has problems, but he's not a piece of shit. Yeah, I, I like every time I say something about like because because I've thrown it in um, where I've been like a CAB cop shit, uh, and people have always been like, well, you wouldn't feel that way if someone you were related mm, right. to had their life on the line. Fuck your face, man. I feel extra that way because I heard the way that my fucking dad talked about the people that were in his. In fact, one of the when he was trying to stop being because at a point we got to a point where he was like, okay, well, he's not my dad, but maybe he can be like almost the realm of like an uncle. I don't see like I don't hate him, but we acknowledge each other's presence at parties. Um, and then at one point I was living in the area that he was a cop of and he was be like, oh, I want to get out of here because there's all the fruits and nuts. And I was like, you know that I am both 
uh, literally suffering for, like, not, well, not suffering, but you know that I am both a person dealing with mental illness and also queer as shit, right? And so then we just stopped talking. And then now, uh, uh, a thing that I found out is that his precinct, his old precinct, I don't know where he is now. He goes wherever he goes. I don't give a shit. He goes wherever dads go. You know how there's the, the, <laughs> the farm that pets go to? Right. Uh, he goes to wherever uh, uh, shitty dads go to. That uh, great I, big convenience store in the sky where they have <laughs> cigarettes and milk. Yeah, uh, 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 Arizona, where the cigarettes are plentiful. Uh, where the where the store is that all these dads <laughs> refer to when they go to the store. Yeah, so he's at the store, and but I know that the precinct that he was working at, where he was always like, oh, the fruits and nuts, and we hate all of them, and blah, 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 blah is the precinct that people took over in Seattle to make uh, the zone. Uh Uh-oh. Capitol Hill. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Because that was where I lived for, like, so many years. Um, But, yeah, so that was East Precinct was his precinct. Uh Uh-uh. So that was really nice to find out. It's just, it's so interesting to see the people's, like, logic loops they go through where they're like, I'm going to humanize someone who is actively participating in dehumanizing other people. Like, at that point. Right. You know, but again, this is just, this isn't about objectively talking about police. Like, all this has done has been like, all right, new culture war battle zone. Go. Right. And yeah. it's just, you know, people aren't, there, there aren't many people I've seen, like, on the right who are willing to examine how over-policing would work more than just to be like, defend the, defund the police. Which is no, so. F- defend the police. Which is so funny because ain't they don't want to get treaded? Isn't that their whole fucking spiel? Uh, well, yeah. uh, <laughs> don't, 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 don't steppy or whatever. Like, like I'm a me. Don't yeah. put your boot on it. We're just like, well, don't put, uh, don't hey, tread all on of me. You were, all, all of you were begging porn stars to yeah. step on your necks a year ago back when that was still funny. Right. Um, but also they're yeah, like, like, don't tread on me, but let me lick the tread of your boot, please. It must taste good. Right. Yeah. It must be like Fruit Loops under there, like some shit. But yeah, so that's my overrated thing is people telling me that if a relative because like my whole family, you are cops, military, like some kind of law thing, cops, military, legal, which I was a paralegal for a while, or you were straight up a criminal in jail. And that's my family. Um, and there's oh, so a everyone had a strong hand in participating in a system of oppression. Yeah, pretty shit. Uh, uh, And and, uh, it turns out a lot of the queer ones were the ones that were mostly, it's fine. Um, But so yeah, uh, that's that's my overrated thing. Stop telling me that I would care more if my dad was a cop. He was a cop. I I cared none. Uh, 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 All (laughs) cops are bastards, especially my dad. What is, uh, what's a myth, Danielle? What's something people (laughs) think is true you know to be false or vice versa? Oh, gosh. Literally any way that Hollywood works. I don't know if I've said this before, Um, especially I think now um, that everyone's at home and we're all whatever and everyone has opinions about when movies come out and all of this stuff. And there's just there's a lot of moving parts to movies. And I think that people who don't know think it's more of an art than it is a business. Um, and it's all, right. it, it's all mm-hmm. fucking business, man. Especially like the way that Hollywood works. Um, just, oh, I mean, I mean, that might be a better one. Just the idea that like you get something because you know someone you might, mm-hmm. you might get it. If someone can trust that you won't completely fuck it up and then fuck up their good name, they might put your resume in with stuff. And that's like the most that you get. You don't get shit. 
Uh, unless right. I mean nepotism, obviously. Like if you're I mean, unless you know like uh, the showrunner. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, you know, if you're if um, and people don't talk about this, people always make fun of the Wayans for having uh, uh, Keenan give them all jobs. No one talks about the Coppolas. Cage is a fucking Coppola, yeah. you guys. Uh, yeah, uh, at least they have the the fucking wherewithal to not change their fucking names. They're like, nah, we're Wayans. It's like, you know no, what time it Wayans is. Everyone's is. like, I'm Nick Cage, or I'm Jason Schwartzman, or you know I am I mean? Angelina granted, Jolie. Pe- yeah, granted, some people's names legally aren't Coppola, but like when you really look at it, you're like, damn, all <laughs> y'all are. You're, everybody's here. Damn it, Angelina Jolie's a Coppola? Not a Coppola. No, no, no. But her, you know, her dad. Is. Oh, her dad. Right, is, right, right, right. Great patriot, um, John Voight. John Voight. <laughs> but yeah, no, but no, she's not a Coppola. But there are, a Schwartzman is a Coppola, as uh, Maz was saying. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Jason Schwartzman is a Coppola, and people don't fucking know that. And he, like his, I don't think it was his first movie, but I remember when Rushmore was in production, they were like doing nationwide tryouts for that role. Of, okay. Like they came to okay. uh, the school that I was at and did like tryouts. And then they were like, huh. We're gonna go with a Coppola, I think. Yeah, actually. I, uh, I, 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 and to be fair, I did, I did uh, uh, make this reference on Twitter, but it reminds me very much of when um, Tori Spelling, when she did Saved by the Bell, they were all like, "Oh well, she she auditioned under a fake name. We didn't know it was her." As though that's the way the mm-hmm. fucking auditions for network TV works. Okay, cool. <laughs> Just anyone with any fucking name. Okay, sweet. Um, and then they said the same thing again for Nine Hundred Two and both of which are spelling productions, where they're like, oh no, she came in and auditioned with a fake name. Again, as if that is a thing that actually yeah. works. And expected right. us all, And then by that point, we were like, well, Tori Spelling is just a person that will be in our life and we're fine. Um, but they keep doing this myth of like, oh, well, we're pretending like the... Dude, it's fucking just just stand up in your nepotism, whatever. Mm, your daddy right. got you a job. Like it's... I, I know you think we won't take you seriously, um, and if you're shitty, you're right. Angelina Jolie is actually a talented actor. Nicolas Cage turned out to be good. Sophia, uh, <laughs> Nicholas Cage turned out to be a meme. Also that, but when he wants <laughs> to be good, he can be general. good. Yeah. 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 I can't take uh, leaving Las Vegas from him. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, th- there are people who came from famous folks who are dope. Uh, but mm. it's that idea because everyone pretends like they change their last name because they want to make sure that they're not being treated unfairly. No, you're doing it because you don't want us to make fun of you. Anyway, I'm yeah. talking right. too long. Like Albert Brooks, I get your real name's Albert Einstein. It's gonna be hard <laughs> yeah, to gig your when your name's out, and then your brother had to be Super Dave Osborne. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> what a wild family that is. And then yeah. it's even yeah. funny because Jason Schwartzman's brother Robert, he's in that band Rooney. Like everybody's got like a, yeah. you know. But hey, that's. That's sort of like what it's kind of like how L.A. is, though, you know, to a certain extent. Right. A like a lot of the, you know, progeny of these producers and, and executives and directors and things yeah. like that. They end up at like one of three schools in the city and they all go to school mm-hmm. together. And then you get Jonah Hill in a movie because he went to school with Dustin Hoffman's daughter. And she's like, this kid, Jonah's the funniest kid at my school. He should be in your movie. And then oh. his sister is in movies and we don't even know it's a right. sister because they have different last names. Quote right. Unquote. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's so weird, too. Like, Jack's making weird... a face. What's her butt from uh, uh, What's her butt uh, from Booksmart is his sister. What is it? Beanie Feldman? Oh, really? What's Beanie her... Feldman is his sister. Yeah. That's amazing. And you can I tell no when idea. you watch them, too. When you you're look, like, yeah. If, they're once funny, you know it, like, you can't unsee it. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's all just a, a family business. But if you're not yeah. family, it's not as easy to break in right. with friendship yeah. as you yeah, think it is. No. No. Absolutely no not. Yeah, the myth of American meritocracy is real Ugh. and pervasive and well, complete, that is a whole other complete and total bullshit. Um, yeah. I think we're actually going to get into it when we get to third degree racism. But let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about that and Bill Barr. And we're back. And let's talk about Bill Barr. He's he's really, you know, for somebody who tries to stay quiet in the background, he's starting to <laughs> become an area of focus. Yeah, he really is. He's, uh, I mean, when he first showed up, it's like, okay, he's going to take over the DOJ. And some people were like, maybe he'll help the country out. <laughs> Look, we're all so stupid. Every time someone comes in who isn't a complete... This is like, the guy. If it's someone we've never heard of, we're like, oh, maybe he's not a complete piece of shit. They're all complete pieces of shit, or they wouldn't have drafted them to come in and do anything, guys. Right. That's yeah, why they came in. They're all pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Jefferson Beauregard Sessions is a <laughs> cartoon of racism, so it's like easy to just be like, well, so they got to be better than him, but it's like he, this guy is more effective. Efficient, I feel they got like. the yeah, they got the baby from dinosaurs turned into a fucking attorney general, basically. <laughs> Not the mega. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many photos of him where I'm like, it looks anyway. Shout out to Jim Henson. It is the baby. Um, so Rest in peace. you know. There's just been like a constant stream of controversies with this guy, whether it was completely misrepresenting the Robert Mueller thing, um, and uh, you know, backing the DOJ and all kinds of ridiculous decisions, you know, like reversing course on Roger Stone or General Flynn, things like that. That's all been with him at the wheel. And now, uh oh, it's time to dust off that favorite drop because now it's time for return of the whistleblowers. Blow the whistle. They are here and they are ready. Uh, and a couple, well, here's the thing. I mean, I say that as if something's going to happen because mm. we all know uh, the Constitution doesn't mean anything anymore, no. and that's the problem. And Ooh. we're still playing a game where the people are going to have to figure out that the Constitution is not does not mean anything. So we're going to have to figure out what we do after that. Uh, but so as this happens, these whistleblowers are here testifying in front of the House Judiciary Committee, and it's just like the t they're it's just essentially they're saying the thing we all knew. That there is just the most ridiculous politicization and like pressure campaigns on people within DOJ to do whatever is going to help President Trump. This oh, is just no. one what? sentence, right? It's it shouldn't be surprising, but when you read this, like it's I don't know, maybe it maybe you'll feel something, maybe you'll just go deeper into the nihilistic abyss that is trying to you know exist in this administration. But it's this is what um, Aaron Zelinsky, <laughs> who was the Roger Stone prosecutor, said in his opening statement that he read on Wednesday to the Judiciary Committee. Part of it, he says, quote, I was told that acting U.S. attorney um, for the District of Columbia, Timothy Shea, was receiving heavy pressure from the highest levels of the Department of Justice to cut Roger Stone a break and that the U.S. attorney's sentencing instructions to us were based on political considerations. I was also told that the acting U.S. attorney was giving Stone such unprecedentedly favorable treatment because he was, quote, afraid of the president, end quote. I mean, but... <laughs> That's but very confusing. Right. <laughs> I mean, just in terms of like, this dude's like afraid of the president. We should probably like cut him some slack. And also right. never, uh, whoever's making his outfits, no longer cut him slacks. Um, they are bad yeah. and you should feel bad. <laughs> the this slacks are bad. Yeah. His outfits are bad. It's just, um, 
and everything that we like the other things we've heard out of whistleblowers, whether it was someone from the antitrust division being like Bill Barr made me look at like cannabis weed comp like cannabis companies in Colorado for like antitrust things and that's completely not what we do. He just wanted us to harass them because he doesn't like legal cannabis. Uh, so that, so there's a lot of shit like this, but again, these are all things everyone has known to be true. Like these aren't, this isn't really bringing anything to light aside from, you know, unfortunately this guy Zelensky and the other whistleblowers, I'm sure will just get smeared to high hell on right wing news at some point. But you know, if, if we can't actually have remedies, you know, for example, one of the circuit judges, um, basically upheld the decision to give Michael Flynn that sh like just you know we're dropping the charges all good yeah uh, that's that's happening all in real time from this appointee who is actually saying that you know once the prosecution says something we just have to like the decision is essentially saying once the prosecution decides to do something we just have to go with that even if it's so transparently clear that it's just steeped in corruption that that's just what the precedent is now so <laughs> yeah we're, sorry we're there I mean we're there yeah, thank God we're not doing award seasons right now because I don't want fucking all of these dudes hanging out in the back and giving out awards and being like, oh, it's me, I'm wacky, and now I'm dancing with the stars. Um, right. <laughs> so at least there's not TV now to normalize all of their weird shittiness. Man, I, I wish I wasn't... Uh, uh, I feel like I didn't mean it to be, and it's it feels so nihilistic, again, to be like, my brand. But I, I feel like I try to be as positive as I can with everything. Mm -hmm. It turns out, uh, uh, Danielle Radford positivity has a fucking breaking point and it was literally <laughs> the, this year and all the stuff I've already known, but it just like mm -hmm. this year, like things happening, like, ah, everyone is the worst. So mm. at least, and I'm not, and I, I say that flippantly, but we, have especially well not we especially liberals and i don't know i i there's a I, I apparently and i haven't looked into it man there's a difference between liberals and leftists and when i do progressives and progressives yeah. when i do even Democrats, a smidge whatever. of of research uh uh whatever people who uh, uh are in love with biden are i am to the left of whatever the fuck that is because you're not uh, a liberal right tight um, so like, that's like, I, I, whoever people like, I, I, I'm a hold my noser. So, uh, <laughs> yay. But th there's always, and look, I, of course we have to allow for people to grow and change and learn. But I think that, that there is a different fucking standard when you are in government. There's a different fucking standard when you are working for government and I know it's hard to whistleblow and I know whatever, but you took that position knowing that shit was corrupt as fuck. No one, and, and uh, uh, Trump, nothing was planned. So everyone who right. came in, by the time mm. they came in, they knew that this was what it was. Right. I'm sorry, like there's been, uh, uh, nothing was planned. So many people have been cycled out. We didn't have a secret. do we have a secretary of state right now? No one knows. Like it's, Oh. I mean, it's Mike Pompeo, but who knows what no, he does. No, but yeah, or, we, we didn't have any know. of those things for a while. And so if you're coming in now, you knew what it was and you took it because you wanted the thing. And I'm sure that many of them took it because they knew that like, well, eventually I'll get on SNL. I'll get to sell my book. I'll get on <laughs> Bill Maher and say, oh, Trump sucks. Okay, well, where were you when he sucked? And why did you take the position? To me, right. 
If you take any Trump position at any point during his his presidency, um, you're trash. You're a shill. I'm happy if you uh, uh, if if you're a whistleblower and you want to whatever. But like, where were you when it was happening? I'm well, sorry. Luckily, these whistleblowers. Point. They're not like appointees, so they're like career like U.S. attorneys. Mm. So they actually prosecute. They resigned when the DOJ said we're gonna we want a lesser sentence. They were just like, oh, then we resigned because that's not what we're here to do. We're here I, to actually, which is also so, very dope, and I'm happy that folks stayed around. But it's also. I don't know. Man. Well, yeah, it's, it's a double edged sword because I feel like a lot of people, too, who feel duty bound, like if you weren't a political appointee and you were in one of these positions and as as your career, you were like, I was always trying to equally apply the law. That's like why I became an attorney. And then suddenly it gets co-opted. I see that there is some, you know, people who are just wanting like, maybe I we can change it. But this is the the thing right, that happens because within. then at a certain point, morale gets so low, you purge everybody, and then you're going to fill it with the kinds of people who absolutely are just all the invertebrate snakes and shit. And I do, so, and, right. I, and I do understand the idea of like, well, we're going to stay and try to change it from the inside. Yeah. Um, it's fucked either way. I think there's really no. It's hard to say one's better than the other. There's no Brockoviches in this, man. Like, there's no. <laughs> right. Uh, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, just the first couple of years of like people who worked for the EPA, like under the Trump administration, like listening to their, they were like, we got to stick around because the people he brings in next are going to be like way worse. And it just, they just got ground into dust. And I think that that's, that's my thing is that like you and okay, maybe, and it's true. It's fair. They might not have known that that was what was going to happen. We did, but maybe they were, had hope. I wish that more of them, I know that they were trying to um, do it. And there's also like a media responsibility. And if you weren't flashy for the media, you weren't getting coverage. I get it. But uh, the idea that it could be, I will stay with this administration and take it down from the inside. That's why all of you followed like these weird um, blah, 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 anonymous. Oh, I'm with, and we all did. I did, man. I probably have to go back and purge this as soon as this fucking thing came, comes out like oh i'm epa anonymous i am parks oh, anonymous right. i'm blah blah yeah. blah because we want to believe there are people trying to take it down from the inside man there just weren't and i think that there might have been more power in a surge of people and i know it's hard because money and family and responsibility but you know what you guys all have more of that than the rest of us do like more money yeah. more ability yeah I think, you know, I think even then it's the idea that you can bring this down from the inside, I think is just a fallacy in and of itself. It's a the dream. Only, only things we've seen is you bring it down from the outside. Uh, yeah. Because when people got outside and started bringing shit down, uh, we started seeing things happen. This, you know, this. And this that's literally of, how it's always happened. Yeah, this isn't right. new. Exactly. Like this sort of, you know, faux decorum we have around the idea of like passing these laws to get things done like that. It's almost just like this weird, you know, just putting the brakes on getting to the end game of equality we're trying to get to. Uh, and so, you know, I yeah. think people need to be just as engaged and willing to realize that we also have power in solidarity, too, that can clearly was able to communicate some ideas over the last month. Yeah. And if you're like a weird holdover and you are making like 20 grand a month. Like, or not a month, sorry, uh, 20 grand a year. Like, okay, 
it's not great, but like I get it for poor people. But no one like come on. If you're yeah. working for the DOJ and you're making 150 whatever amount that you're making a year, uh, anything like like I know houses, families. I get it. But at a certain point, you gotta you gotta have a reckoning with yourself and and just sit down and have a I don't know, man. Well, the hardest part is because the reason I feel like you even say like. That doesn't work, but I don't know. I get it is because we understand, though, implicitly that because of the way this system works of having to work to live, because if you don't work, you have no house, you have no health insurance, nothing that that's how people like that's your option. It turns out maybe capitalism sucks, maybe. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mm. I think if if people haven't if people haven't figured that shit out. Hold on here. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Hold on. Let me get in here before this thing gets off the tracks here. (laughs) Turns out maybe um, we should examine the entire system. Maybe you want every Circuit City and Toys R Us to shut down? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want guy from two thousand. You want every Radio Shack to be out of business? Yeah. You want yeah. every Blockbuster to not be there? Oh, okay, that'll be the day. That'll uh, be okay. the day. Oh sure. Grocery business, store business. runs like the post office. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Uh, Let's talk real quickly uh, or at length about uh, what Cassie DeCosta called in the Daily Beast Hollywood's blackface apology tour. Um, yeah. She said, not very convincing. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, the Jimmys, uh, and Tina Fey. Yeah. I mean, hey, they're doing the they're doing a great job of doing the thing we were saying don't do, which is just do symbolic things that make people believe you understand what's going on. You know, Kimmel say he was V sorry. Uh, he was simply, he, and even in his apology, he was defending his blackface uh, wearing by saying, you know, I was just trying to impersonate a fellow human. That's how I saw it. I didn't see it. Yeah. Get the fuck out of Fall back. No, it's true. Literally I'm, doing I'm that so dark. It, color it's thing. Yeah, it's bullshit, and it's it's so tired. Like that's and actually a, a nice try to try and defend your racist bullshit, but you you just played yourself even in that defense. Jimmy Kimmel, Fallon was doing the same thing. <sighs> Tina Fey is like you know the episodes that in Thirty Rock where characters were in blackface, strike them from the record so that no uh, no evidence remains of my transgressions when history looks back on the work I may have done or not have done may have not done, and I think a lot of people. If depending on how engaged you are in this topic, we'd be like, wow, they get it. But that's what the whole thing is meant to do is just to communicate that people get it. But this isn't this whole thing, right? Isn't just about George Floyd and the countless others that have been murdered by Mm -hmm. police. Um, This is a larger reckoning Mm -hmm. with systemic racism and white supremacy and all the ways in which it, it disenfranchises people and keeps them oppressed. I think that's why we also see people in Europe are like, yeah, actually, even though we're not in America, we're feeling this feeling of like anti-blackness, oppression, colonialism, slavery, whatever. Let's fucking take this shit down. There is motivation to address that. So these symbolic things of like saying, I'm sorry, or get, oh, you'll never find those episodes on, you know, Peacock or whatever the fuck. It's, they're just these gestures. And it takes more than like, firing a couple bad cops for us to be like okay the police get it or deleting these clips of you in blackface we're asking for real fucking change we're asking for like systemic changes overhaul uh so in the same way that we're saying law enforcement needs to be completely defunded abolished and rethought of how we enforce the laws and even 
think of what we consider crime, because really, most of the time when we talk about crime, we're just talking about poor people trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And it's a very disingenuous label that makes them less, it makes anybody who's struggling less than a person who deserves dignity. Um, we are also asking that Hollywood and every place has the same mindset of defunding and abolishing the bullshit within the realm you operate in. It's not just Hollywood can't just be like, well, you know, we paid for that that all Black Lives Matter on Hollywood Boulevard that we then let the city, you know, water fucking pressure wash out the second the things ended. Um, it's about looking at the levers you're at and what levers you can pull. So I'd rather hear what these three people who are very powerful in television and comedy saying, actually, you know what? I realize I can now, there is a way for me to completely flip the fucking tables here because I'm I'm at the table. But they just want to do, right. eh, getting rid of the blackface clips. Yeah. Miles, Jack, can I tell you mm. that I am so fucking tired? Yeah. Mm. We do this every two years. We mm. do this every mm. two years. Um, this one felt different for a second. We'll see what happens. I'm so fucking tired, man. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just, it's always black folks getting murdered, queer folks. Maybe we don't have rights all of a sudden and we don't know. And and then and, and this time we got lucky because this bunch of assholes decided that we get to have rights a couple of weeks ago. Right. Uh, uh, women are, are talking about all of the stuff that happened in the workplace. I'm, I'm so fucking tired, you guys. Like, I, yeah. I don't I wish that I had like a more eloquent, funny way to phrase it. Um, and I probably will like f literally three seconds after I get off, I'll be like, ah, there was a funny line I could have <laughs> said. Uh, I'm just, I, I'm, uh, I, I am at that intersection of like so many of these things where I'm just like, I'm fucking exhausted. Um, right. and, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I like Tina Fey. I think she's very funny. I think that she has long had um issues with and a lot of people have said like well that was the point of that character okay cool what about the other stuff what about right. like like you can say well the point of that character was that they were shitty but why there's a way to make jokes that reflect that the character is a shit person right. and there's a way to make jokes where it's like i just want to make that joke why on kimmy schmidt was there a dude who was named like dong like that is a, a, like uh, and yeah, that character had agency and was able to be like, "That's shitty," but you kept making that joke, my dude. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh. And I'm not saying you can't make jokes that push the envelope or whatever, because that's always like the. That's always the the defense. I'm not saying you can't do that, but like actually do that. Don't just be like, "Oh well, we're uh, it's blackface, it's whatever." It's you. you there was this, I, I, and we've talked about it. I, I, I think you guys have talked about it. I think as a comedy community, we've all talked about it. In the 2000s, we were all fucking reckless, man. Like, oh, yeah. Like the currency was be as shocking as you could, do the most mean shocking shit cruel. that you could. Yes. And that was the currency. And I think a lot of people have a lot to reckon with back then. And I think a lot of us have moved on from that because we recognize that that was shitty and awful and, and lazy and, and actually lazy. like not because i think jokes about race that's like the boss level of humor and irony if you can craft yes. actually accurate eloquent humor or jokes around race it's not easy and i think a lot of people just do the thing of like dude i'm just pointing out that that's racist and we're laughing that that thing is racist and that's lazy versus 
crafting yeah. some kind of joke that actually goes deeper than saying racism exists and actually you know, exposing the psyche of the kinds of people who engage in it. Those are the jokes I find myself. They're almost like the kind of jokes you don't laugh because they're so real. You just go, woo, woo, Well, yeah, it's like there, there's a huge difference between like, oh, well, you guys are just supposed to know that I, I did this thing. Like the Sarah Silverman show, you guys are just supposed to know it was ironic. Eh, are yeah. we? Is that how jokes work? Um, because if it's not funny and whatever, it doesn't communicate the idea. Um, so it's, and that was even in the two thousands, this was like too recent. Yeah. And I'm not saying I have opinions about a cancel, about cancel culture that I've, I've, I don't think it fucking exists. First of all, I think usually the people who are like, Oh, we canceled blah, blah, blah. We got them out of here. It's kids, man. Being stupid and wanting to spread memes on 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 your uh, on your Twitter hashtags on your on your TikToks uh, on right. what the kids are doing. Most people mm-hmm. who are genuinely thoughtful people are not going around being like we canceled this unless they're joking. Um, it's not about uh, cancel culture. It's about like yo, you did this thing. Fucking own up to it learn and move on and i think that when people are able depending on what they did because some shit it's like eh, like you raped a bunch of kids you don't maybe you get to just be in jail forever right um right but i do think that there is a a space for people to learn and grow but i also think that like you should probably more than just erasing the shit that you did uh acknowledge the learning and growing yeah or realize yo actually i need to sub myself out and i need to sub somebody else in well and like, and this is like a uh maybe a niche reference i don't know um but dj no name was someone who uh, uh no name was uh she classically well not classically a lot of people don't know this but no name was someone who um learned from things that she had said did the reading learned um and then made this great book club for people to be like hey these are like things you can read to like learn about stuff because we don't all we don't come out of the womb knowing things mm-hmm. um uh and the reading is out there and that's dope and that's good work and, and there are a lot of people who have said like hey i've done some stuff in the past that was like eh, really shitty and terrible and i take responsibility and this is what i'm doing to move forward and like I feel like again, except for like the the major things where it's like, hey, uh, maybe don't uh, uh, ask a bunch of sixteen year olds for their titties. Um, mm-hmm. For the most part, I think that we're all in a place where it's like, yo, no one's born perfect, but like, just acknowledge you did shit. We've all done shit that was fucked up, man. Uh, just acknowledge that you did shit that was fucked up and be like, yo, I, you're right, I fucked up. I'm learning. Yeah, here's how, and here's that's and here's what I'm doing, and not just like erasing the thing where you're like, oh, this was terrible. I guess we have to well, get rid of it. Cool, but people, yeah, they're more concerned about the actual financial aspects of it than the human growth. You know what I mean? I think because right. that's what the these people doing these things just help them appear, so their ad dollars can still flow in, and they've always been on the right side of like a political take or yeah. something to try and shield them from this kind of real valid criticism. Um, but in this thing, 
uh, in this article that uh, this opinion piece that Cassie DeCastro, she she brings up cancel culture in an interesting way. She says, still on the other side of this is from her article, still on the other side of an apology, no matter how butchered or non-existent is the question of forgiveness. And this is usually the space where the idea of cancel culture materializes. Often when we think about forgiveness, we think of a transaction. I'll give you one forgiveness for one apology, or I'll give you mm. no forgiveness for endless apologies. In cancel culture, the idea is that the harm committed is so great that there should be no path to forgiveness and, and in particular to the continued accumulation of wealth or benefit in the community or industry in which the harm was committed. In reality, it's rare for a real cancellation to occur for the rich and famous. Exactly. The rich, no matter how publicly reviled, tend to remain rich. Exactly. Um, and that's like the fuck, I'm sorry, like that's exactly, and that's one of the reasons why it's like most people don't take that shit seriously. Like, yeah. if you have money, you're fine. You take a break for two years, you take a breather, Louis C.K. is still doing shows. Like all of these people right. are still doing shows and performing. Um, Bill Cosby is in jail, but if he wasn't in jail, he, oh, I was going to say he's appealing. He's going to appeal his charge, isn't he? Of course he he is. He has money. Yeah. I think he just was able to start, like they just said now that he could, he could appeal. Yeah, man, him and and he's, and you know what? He's, he's older and, and he has the name of Cosby and the money of Cosby, but it's like most people like are not got up out. Like there are smaller names. Um, but if you have enough money, yeah, you can dodge all of it. And that's why it's also, I don't, everyone calls cancel culture a thing who's actually been canceled. It's mostly just like kids posting memes on Facebook and the rest of us being like, well, that's a shitty thing. How about you talk about it? And right. we don't ever talk about, and, and, uh, the, the discussion isn't, oh, well, a bunch of people asked them to. Um, be accountable for things that they did. It's always like, well, blah, blah, blah was canceled. Because if that was the case, like, there's so many people that would have been gotten out the paint. Like, uh, uh, there are so many blah, blah, blah was canceled parties. Taylor Swift canceled party has been uh, trending a million times and will trend a million more times. Um, That's not real or valid. Yeah. And it's also, again, unless you, like, committed, like, crimes, I think most of us are, like, learn shit and then uh, each one teach one i think it's a i think it's a way just for people who feel powerless to feel like that's a thing they yes. that can be done it's like well the law clearly won't handle this clearly the industry you're in won't handle this so the most i can do as a human being is put you in this space in my brain which is canceled which is like you are done because that's the only justice I can serve out in any way is to for me to completely disconnect myself from this person and not support them and not be say a good word because what I'm seeing reflected back to me is that there actually is no way for someone who's a transgressor to have any kind of at least when you're rich because yeah. I think the people who go viral on Twitter it's like if you have a job a nine to five you can be canceled clearly uh, for your racism like there's a way where you you see the same thing viral video of a person being racist cut to you know them losing their job or something like that right. that's like the cl- mm. that's like the closest thing I've seen where there's you know, documented evidence of someone behaving completely in a terrible fashion. And then there are repercussions for them that would signal to them that this is not a good way for you to behave. Because when you're at a certain socioeconomic level, those lessons just don't reach you. Right. And it's also, I mean, and you're right. Like a lot of it is um, that it is just people being like, I don't have power, but I could, again, tweet this meme, do this thing, have this joke. Um, uh, I, I, there is to me a big difference between everyone has the right to say you did something that I am not cool with, 
I am not going to support you monetarily. I am not going to support the art that you make. And like, that is, that's at its core. When people say this person was canceled, the reason why companies in other places stop supporting someone is because they're like, oh, well, people aren't going to buy your, like every, we're, in capitalism we are all just fucking pawns dude like it's how much money we can make this person or that person or whatever if you don't make them money that's when you get quote unquote canceled because they're like well we can't make money off of you anymore so we're just going to move you off the board and everyone has a right to say what they will or will not support monetarily and a lot of the stuff i see that's anti-cancel culture is very much like well you have to support me or you have to support this not no, I don't. I don't support anything that right. with, with my money and my resources. Right. That's trash. Right. And that's why hey. companies say, like, we don't want to work with anyone anymore because it's all it's capitalism all the way down, dude. Has Jane Krakowski said anything about being in blackface? Does she have a Twitter account or even know what Are they is? like, is she absolved because she didn't write it and she's merely like the actor? Because I'm curious to hear, too. Like, it's not, huh. you know, on some level... As a performer, you get the script and you're looking at it and like, wait, I'm doing blackface in this episode. And you're either like, oh, I'm, oh my God, oh, I'm God, I love it. Uh, it's going to be so funny, lol, lol, lol. Or Man. did she feel really uncomfortable and just felt that societally she wasn't, you know, we weren't at a place where she could speak up and advocate on behalf of, you know, other people? Like, it's, I, I'm interesting to see all those levels because on, you know, it's not just Tina Fey. Like, it's right. also the actor who then embodies the script and goes out there. And I get it. You have contracts and things like that. But I'm just curious to know what they're feeling, what like what their thought process is in this moment looking back when Tina Fey seems mm -hmm. to be getting a lot of the, you know, headlines. Well, and, and honestly, she should be. As uh, it was her show, she should be. Um, yeah, absolutely. For sure, for sure. I'm but, just It's more yeah, like no, I, I feel like right. she has to account. I'm just curious what that experience is like for her. I wonder, well, because it's, oh God, it's like speaking up about anything else, right? There's a possibility yeah. that she went in and said, I am really uncomfortable with this. Or I, I guess at that point had her management come in and say, we're really uncomfortable with this. And then someone smooths it over and says, no, like this is the intent. It's totally going to be fine. We've been doing this forever. We know what the line is and we know that this is okay. Right. And um, also, <sighs> She is a very talented actress and she is really funny in that show. Name me major roles that she has done that hasn't been Tina Fey. Allie McBeal. Right. Tight. Name me major <laughs> role. Well, no, no, no. And I think that that's great. But like. That's where she. I mean, no, I don't. No, yeah, no, that's no, true. no, no. You're right. But like name me in the last. Like those were her things. And she, you yeah. know, we, we and I, it does. It sucks, man. But it's. You hit your wagon to a star and it's kind of like, this is taking me to a certain point. And, and this yeah, was even, right. she wasn't even originally cast for that role. That was supposed to be, um, what's her about? Sorry, I can't think of names right now. My brain Rachel is Dratch? Rachel or, Dratch. Um, right. And in, in the pilot, that was Rachel Dratch and it wound up being her. And I don't even, man, I don't know how much people get paid. I'm sure that it's more than I make. But it's also, Jane Krasinski, like she's not, bowling over Hollywood and getting a lot of work. That is one of those things where it's like, this might be my one knot to last me yeah. the rest of my life. She was uh, a woman um, who was not young. Um, and that makes a difference. And it doesn't excuse it, but it, to me, it makes more of a like, uh, 
It's not exactly well, yeah. like she could go and make a commiserate. Like when I talk about people who work at DOJ and people who work at the White House and other stuff, you could go to a law office and make that money. You could go to other places. Yeah, it's not the prestige. It's not the White House. But you can make that money elsewhere. I, I, I don't, again, what is Jane, is she going to work at a There's radio a check? Like, what's she going to do? There's no place for an actor or actor, a performer, you know, to go and just say like, well, here's my resume. Okay, so can I get this, you know, acting teacher gig at this high school? Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like what? Because the industry is dominated by this singular way of thinking and a very homogeneous culture yes. that is running it at the top. That yeah, like that's the other thing again that to this point of like that has to be addressed too and broken up because that's systemic, the same man. thing. Yeah, and even like with when uh, you know John Stewart was talking about how, like the writers' room practices in the Daily Show, sort of like we didn't. You know, we removed, you know, any kind of names that would signify like gender or race or anything like that. So we're just going off the work. But at a certain point, because everybody's thinking the same, you're just going to agree with everything that's reflecting your shared worldview and it's never going to oh. challenge you. And then you're like, wait, right. how did we end up like this? And who's getting led into Harvard and who has money to do UCB and who has money to do these unpaid exactly. internships where they can learn how to write things and who has blah, 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 that's blah, fucking The blah. thing from... I really like Tina Fey's uh, Bossy Pants uh, memoir, but there's this passage yeah. where she talks about, uh, like, it's like a joke, a sentence. She's like a very funny writer, but there's this uh, passage where she writes about how she constructs a writer's room, and she literally says half of the people have to be from Harvard, right. and the other half of the people need to be from Second City or UCB, and it's just like, well, there's your problem and then I, one screwball and one wacky one who does the jokes right. that you say ah we don't do that but i'm gonna say this right person. now i have been doing comedy okay i've been take it way back i've been acting for basically all of my life like uh, i mean student stuff uh, uh the high school stuff whatever but i've been acting for most of my life um, I have been doing stand-up for uh, gosh i don't know over a decade i have been in l.a um, for what, six, seven years. And then when I first got here, I was doing, um, a bunch of temp work and whatever. This is going to sound shitty, but it is true. I am, I have a TV gig. I am working on TV and it's very recent. I have just now gotten to the point where I could afford a fucking UCB class. That is fucking stupid. No, that's fucking stupid. And, and right. uh, my college is, is obviously like that stuff is also trash that I can't fucking afford or pay for. But, um, at least, I mean, it's all shit, but at least those were loans. Before, and I'm not even kidding, before I got booked on a TV gig as a writer and to do voiceover, I could not afford a UCB class. Right. Trash, yeah. man. Yeah. Trash. Yeah. I, the only way I could, like, when I started getting into comedy, it's when I left politics. And I just had to save a ton of money because I was like, man, I was just looking at these classes. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I got to pay 600 bucks for some guy who I don't think is funny to tell me how to write. But fine. And they're rarely ever fucking funny. Right. And I'm like, (laughs) I guess I know how to. But I know the game now and I can write a great game sketch. But also like when you have the other thing is too, like you get instructors there who like don't understand your humor and shit on you or their their critiques of your work has a dampening effect on your creativity rather than like being an actual nurturer, like as a teacher. And then it's, you know, there's so many levels too, where there are a lot of cultural mismatches in comedy where people are like telling groups of people that 
that's not funny or this isn't as funny, da, 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 da. but yeah, it's, it's tough. Oh, every, and, like and, at every oh, level. God. And at theater school, and this was, I mean, granted, this was a long time ago. I won't say how long, but I, I would get notes because I was the only black person in my theater class. I would mm-hmm. get notes that would be like too urban, too this, too that. Like, why are you this urban? Why are you this, that, or whatever? Um, and from what, and again, I've never, I will say this, I have never experienced working at Second City or UCB, but for things I've heard from other people, it's only been very recently where they've been like, oh yeah, I guess your all black team can like do a Herald or whatever. I guess like yeah. it, it's valid and you don't have to blank yourself totally out because when they say, and this was an experience I had in theater school, they say to make yourself neutral, neutral is white. Neutral is not mm-hmm. any anything else. Neutral is get rid of everything that's, excuse me. Oh God, I'm burping up coffee. Every, like neutral is not, the default is white. And that is what is taught in schools is yeah. that uh, you, that is your default is you have to talk this way. You have to whatever, like you have to have a Midwestern accent. You uh, have to uh, be okay with straightening your hair. And like some things are like, okay, like tattoos, whatever. I Piercings, okay. I get it. Those things are optional. But yeah, who uh, you are as a human being, who is you are not. as a human being. Yeah. But that, that is the ex- expectation. If you want to get ahead, you have to be neutral and being neutral means being white. Right. And I, th- I think this goes back to how at every level, no matter where someone is that you have opportunities to correct the course of these kinds of things. Like if you find yourself as a teacher, think of your curriculum and what you are, what you are communicating to your students or if you work somewhere and you know that there's a way for you to change something where you work to actually address this problem, like let's say, just say, well, we don't we don't get a lot of uh, black people who apply for the job. It's probably because you don't post your job anywhere either. And it could be so insular that your job is strictly through word of mouth. And because yep. of that, you've completely cut off people who are not in your social group or socioeconomic class. That's There are things like that, just very subtle things you could look at that are very telling and people can actually do little things like do that work. Do you pay for your internships? And if you do, what colleges are you looking through? Are, are you just looking for colleges or are you also looking, um, th- there are very talented people in all things. Like it, 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 would it be possible for people to say, I want to do an internship and yeah, um, maybe I did community college, but I haven't done, I'm not at Harvard. Like maybe I've done, or even um, I've written this many articles that have been published or I've written these things, I can show you my work. Yeah, I didn't get into Yale, but like I, cause yeah. for some of this, I'm sorry, man, for comedy writing, you don't gotta fucking you don't go need to, that. You, you don't need gotta that go shit. to fucking Yale, man. I'm sorry, you don't, you don't. Yeah, you have to it's go not, to Harvard. <laughs> you don't need to be in the lampoon. We're not splitting yeah. fucking atoms yeah. here, man. All right, guys, we have to take another quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And real quickly, I just wanted to talk about a, a cool thing that I saw in, in the media, which is this <laughs> massive like <laughs> dust cloud that's floating across the Atlantic. Uh, it's about to swallow the southeast of the United States. Um, you can see it from space. The pictures from space are wild. It's just like a big brown spot on the on the. Atlantic oh my Ocean. god like it takes up almost all of the atlantic ocean um yeah but this kind of got me going down a rabbit hole uh where i had seen in a netflix nature documentary that like 
a lot of the life in the um, ocean comes from dust that gets blown from land over the over the ocean and then it goes down and like there's all these minerals that then feed the plankton and um but they were saying that like 50% of the particles in the air in southern florida uh every summer are come from africa like that's how much of a interchange there is between the two like uh land masses and their dust so Pretty rad. It's making uh, the Caribbean look like Mexico in a Steven Soderbergh movie, but it's uh, pretty, pretty cool looking from space and pretty wild that like I don't know can blow a whole a whole cloud clear across the world. It's uh, it's wild to th- like when you think of the power of the Sahara Desert and yeah. what it can do. Like when I. Uh, when I was like in Ghana, there's like a season called Hamatan where the, yeah. the winds from the Sahara basically turn like West Africa into this hazy time. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, what is this? And when you realize you're like, oh shit, right. I'm going to just a different part of earth. I'm so unfamiliar with how this very specific landmass affects fucking everything. Like I think it like it takes it takes phosphorus back to the fucking Amazon and the rainforest. Yeah. Like it's yeah. truly this very nurturing thing where, you know, uh, shout out to Africa taking care of the rest of the world again. But this whole thing now where like the scientists are like baffled, they're like, uh, it hasn't been this dense in like 60 years. Um, And that's going to be interesting. Like all that particulate stuff on top of COVID-19, that's where it gets a little, who knows like what kind of, you know, respiratory problems that could cause. Because again, we're talking about particulate matter in there. So it yeah. won't fix everything? Because we need something. No. Come yeah, on, Africa. It, all we do is fix everything. It <laughs> does It does dampen, or I guess the opposite of dampen, uh, earthquake season. Because uh, the earthquakes can't, uh, the air can't get enough moisture because there's so you much hurricane. in it. Hurricane. Hurricane. Season. I said earthquake season. <laughs> I like no, earthquake but, uh, season. Some, I was going to ask questions, but Miles had it. Um, but yeah, no, no some people genuinely think earthquake season is a thing. Earthquake and maybe weather, it is. Yeah. And, and maybe it is, man. And I just can't see quantum physics. But, I, uh, uh, but And I'm from Seattle, so it's like anything that isn't rain is baffling to me. I don't know how weather works. Yeah. But yeah, there's, I, only, I mean, this yeah. is yet another thing that it, for the aliens that are just watching the planet from on high, like they're probably just like, what the fuck is going on right now? Because Can y'all just there's come? this giant dust cloud. There's the locust swarm that is like, you know, going, I think West, uh, mm-hmm. or no, it's going East from Africa up to Western Asia. And like, I was reading about like what a locust swarm is, that hit the United States in the, uh, I think it was late 19th, early 20th century was like, and it is, uh, it's like you are in a blizzard of, but the blizzard is uh, insects and it's just like cover it. Like there's inches, like your shoes are filled with insects. It's wild. Um, so anyway, just to add to that, I mean, thing. there's, you know, just massive fires in the Arctic Circle right now, too, that people are like, uh, it's been uncharacteristically warm, and now we just have wildfires burning up the Arctic Circle. Yeah. Guys, we have a front row seat to the worst show in the universe. Yeah. Uh, speaking of front row seat, uh, so I, I did just want to do this quick guessing game of uh, what do you think the classic movie is that has 
topped the box office uh, at like drive-through movie theaters, and I will just say that I think it would, I think it would be a fun movie to watch at a drive-through. I I'm trying to think of what I've seen ads for because I know like in LA, I've se- the older movies I've seen them advertise have been, um, like one was ET and another was not like Pee Wee. It was some another '80s movie. It's a, what decade is it from? Nineties. Oh, nineties movie is no. Oh, okay. I have a, I have a thought. I have a thought. Yeah. Is it Independence Day? Pew, pew, pew. No. No. Armageddon. That's a, that's a good guess. What'd you say? Armageddon. No. No. Damn. So it, the reason I think it's kind of a, appropriate is because a lot of the movie takes place in a parked car or parked cars. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wait. Oh, 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 uh, uh, the morning after? No. No. Is that real or is that a pill? I think I thought that that was an apocalypse movie. That might <laughs> the, be just the day the after pill. tomorrow, you mean? Oh, the day after tomorrow, right, right. Oh, yeah, because they're kind of like huddled up in cars, like freezing a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, what? Where, okay, what is it? Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, yes. That's fair. Jaws uh. is up there, too. It's. But you were on the right track with uh, Spielberg. But Jaws, yeah, um, Jurassic Park, the number one movie in in America last weekend. <laughs> For, it's like, like the number one theater. $517,000, like, but still. This feels like the thing, like in my mind, I thought like a like a solar, like a, mag, a solar flash, you know, magnetic, like wiping mm-hmm. out the world, Earth's electronics. And I'm like, that's why I have all the albums I will ever want to listen to on vinyl where I will never rely <laughs> on the CD. I can always have this shit on. I don't give a fuck. There can be no electricity. I can hand crank that shit and put my ear near yep. the needle and I can still hear Jay Dilla. So there's shit like that where like this feels like that world where our technology has ceased. So then all we can do is just completely go retrospective now with all the media we consume. Yeah. And it's like, yes. all right, yeah, get ready for the re-release of uh, BAPS. <laughs> All right, but act like you wouldn't see Baps in a drive-through oh, theater. Oh, I saw Baps. I've saw Baps in the theater. Okay, and I have my. I know I have that ticket stub somewhere. I saw oh, it at the AMC North Six. This, whatever happened to the short chubby one? It's fine. We'll talk about this off air. Yeah. <laughs> Justice Baps for the short podcast. chubby one. Mm-hmm. But the the top ten is Jurassic Park, Jaws at number two, then The Invisible Man. So there's like some newer movies, Trolls mm-hmm. World okay. Tour at number yep. four. The Hunt, which is, I think, a uh, a twenty four movie, movie. I think that was like yeah. not no yeah, one cared. Right. Uh, the the, um, the yeah controversy was more than the movie was worth. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay. It was either a twenty four or Blumhouse, and I don't remember. It, I think it was both, maybe. Then Back to the Future, and then uh, a new movie followed. Then E. T. Then Jumanji. Then The Goonies. It's like. My favorite wow. movies. From well, when a lot I was of a child. yeah, a lot of them were released kind of around vaguely this week. Um, so I think a lot of people are like, well, it's not necessarily an anniversary that you care about, but it's because I think Back to the Future was released around twenty five to thirty five years ago. Oh, that makes sense. Um, on like I think the it- first, I don't know, man, you can't quote me, uh, but I think it was released like like there is close enough to an anniversary where things are like it's Back to the Future, man. We'll just do it. Who cares? And also, yeah, yeah it's like. Good marketing from the drive, the drive-ins, because Jack, for that exact reason, you're like, oh, I love that movie. Guess what? You're the dad driving the kids to the drive. Oh yeah, absolutely. you know what I mean. So if you Absolute. can bait the parents, like 
Because it's also funny, like, when now we're in that phase where I remember, like, movies, like, my parents, like, oh, you're going to love this. I used to yeah. love that. Oh, if I loved it, yeah. you're going to love this one. And I'm like, what the fuck? Andromeda Strain is bullshit, bro. Like, I don't like this shit. <laughs> like, I was too young. I was too young is what I'm saying. Right. Uh, or, like, Thunder. He's like, oh, man, this James Bond. I'm like, this is old as shit, bro. I, this yeah. looks dumb as fuck to me. But I remember that excitement of, like, a parent trying to be like, you're going to like this. And be like, no, Trying to get you no. excited about yeah. the thing yeah. that they're excited about. Yeah. I'm like, put, yeah. I, so what do you I'd do if you don't have a car? I never could get into the old James Bond movies. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, that's a good question. Because I know. Just, uh, drive so what do i just like pay an uber driver to hang out with me for oh god do i know do i have to date so i can go see movies now wow hey no, you're sitting thank you. you're sitting on a genius rom-com script that uh, lifetime will probably buy immediately meet cute i wonder if you could just like ride your bike up or like what you know like and just I, because it's still no because okay. well, like if people are getting uh Got out the paint for trying to get through a drive-through for Wendy's. I'm not doing it for oh, yeah. you know what I mean. Like I'm That's not. Yeah. But yeah, so this is like I I haven't. Uh, I'm single during core core. I don't, mm. and I don't have a car. Okay, so you know, hop in. Let's uh, people offer rides okay. at the very least. Yeah. You want to borrow a yeah. car? Okay, see, date in the front, me in the back, the way God intended. Right. It, it's, it, it, it's a it's a date mullet. <laughs> date mullet. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, Danielle, this has been uh, lovely having you back on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people find you and follow you? Um, uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at uh, Danielle Radford on Twitter. You can also, uh, I weirdly, someone let me help on a TV show called The Great Debate. It's on sci-fi. I was one of the writers, and I am also the voice of uh, Baron's robot sidekick, DV8. So uh, you can go check that out. Uh, hey. uh, I swear, I am uh, usually, if you listen to any other podcast or anything I've ever done, I'm not usually this, like, fuck everything, the world sucks. Uh, it did at the time, but yeah, I was just Well, we just need people to speak their truths, you know? Uh, speaking my truth. Uh, but yeah, I so think it's, yeah. Yeah, if you guys want to uh, find me, those are the places. But mostly watch The Great Debate because I would really like uh, season two because I'm actually really proud of it. And I think that we did. It's a really fun thing about nerd debate topic panel stuff. Uh, yeah. uh, writer, uh, voice, money, Baron, Vaughn. Uh, and you, got, and you have like. cred though too. So we like yeah, you. Yeah. You know, I'm, ha- I'm always happy to be back, man. I love doing the show. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Ooh, let me look. Because uh, cause I, uh, I favorited some stuff uh, in anticipation. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, here it is. Uh, uh, here's my favorite tweet of the last uh, uh, day. Rudy Giuliani tweeted, <laughs> yep. Wake up! Black Lives Matter wants to destroy law enforcement and bail, empty the prisons, including drug dealers as well as users, provide themselves with reparations and a full-time government income without the necessity of work. Uh, guys, I think that Rudy Giuliani uh, <laughs> is... I, 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 I think he just joined the revolution. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, Miles, where can people find you and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? 
Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Grey. If you like 90 Day Fiance, check out 420 Day Fiance, uh, where I talk about that show with Sophia Alexandra. Um, some tweets that I really am liking. Let's see. Uh, first one is at, from at Farrah Brooke. says, sorry, honey, but you're a phase four friend. Uh, <laughs> as things reopen. Because <laughs> I think you realize, like, some people you know, yeah. you trust, you've You've been like, you've done maybe like a quick social distance hang with, and then other people are like, nah, 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 that ain't. I'm going to pretend like the pandemic's still real bad uh, when you text me. <laughs> um, and then there's another one is from at Ain't Shit Junior. It says, I'm officially off the market. I'm still <laughs> single. I'm just giving up. Right. <laughs> oh, and actually, one, the other one I really liked, I'm just going through my list, is actually from Danielle because I am a huge fan of the Aurora Monroe. Okay, Storm herself. Oh, buddy. And, and I believe this is from, I know the earliest depictions of Storm, she had a mohawk, right? That's like from her early, early, like in the 70s, didn't she have a mohawk? It's a, it's a I, I will not, I will talk about this for half an hour, but this was a, Aurora was having an awakening where she decided she wanted to be more of a person and less of a goddess. Oh, I love it. So there's just a photo of her in her, I love, I just, I, I stand Storm so hard. Uh, but then with this, picture she says hello kitten my apologies for being late and then danielle puts late at night when all the world is sleeping i stay up and think of you and anyone who is a fan of selena and storm that's the fucking venn diagram for you tweet right there so shout out to pansexual chocolate at danielle Ah, thank you uh uh, mohawk storm will forever be my sexuality uh i I, I just (laughs) Uh, but yeah, uh, just really quickly. So it was the moment where Storm was like, I was always depicted as a goddess, but that's really weird. And now I just want to be one of the people. And I learned to stab, stab, stab Morlocks. Anyway, it's, it's boom. <laughs> and I can talk about it at length. Mohawk Storm. Um, uh, Bridget Todd at Bridget Marie tweeted, unmuting Zoom to fake laugh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I feel that in my heart. Oh shit. Real. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at The Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what are this- we riding out on today? This is a track with like some odd meter, you know, it's going between, I, think, I don't look, I don't know the key signature. I feel like at times it's in 4-4 four, four, and then times it'll go into 7. But look, that's up for all the, you know, the rhythm nerds out there who like it. Um, it's, it's a really, despite the odd meter, it has a really great beat um, and like this sort of like disembodied synthesized voice. The track is called Old Bone and it's the Jimmy Stack remix um, and it's by an artist, Wet. But it's just got like, I don't know, it just feels, again, I'm like, the aesthetic that it feels like is like if you're feeling good in like a dystopian future world. So there's like, there's funky elements to it, but there's also some nice stuff in there that gets your toe tapping. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning's episode. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thank you.